Welcome to my podcast, where the truth is upheld and my life journeys are unveiled. What's so interesting in life is that many desire, many envy, many long to run the race, many long to win the title, Many long to be admonished and admired, but few are willing to endure the hardships of training. It is impossible to become an Olympian in the Olympics, the Global World Olympics, if you have not trained. The best of the best of the best compete in the Olympics. In this race that we call life, the broad road gives room for any and every type of person. But the narrow road is a concise path Where if not Holy Spirit led, it would be humanly impossible to trek. The training that comes with the ability to walk down the narrow road is a training that is compiled of years of listening. Listening to parental and adult figures telling you the gems and jewels of life, modeling the good and the bad, listening to the preaching and teaching of the word of God for faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. The training for this narrow road comes from suffering. Tests and trials come to make you stronger. And through the pathway of going through the growing pains of life, we learn to endure suffering and turn the lemons into the lemonade of resilience. Some of the best of the best of the best of the best Olympians in the world collapse. When they reach the finish line, they've endured the pain. They've endured the strife and the struggle of the race. And they intuitively understand the entire makeup of their physiological makeup knows what it feels like to finish the race and to let go. The straight and the narrow is a walk, it is a tread, it is a race for the strong. You don't have to be swift to be successful on the straight and narrow, but you do need to be agile. You must have the agility 
to turn left when the Holy Spirit turns left, an abrupt right, and then an abrupt left, and then a stop and a halt. You might have to do some jumping and some running. You might have to sit and do some squats. This is an agile road that we walk. The thesis of this episode is an encouragement to the listener to not give up. I know what it's like to be a believer in Christ and to be on the straight and narrow and you hit a hiccup. Or you're on the straight and narrow and the path seems clear. Then you're sidelined. You're boomeranged. You hit a boomy, a boom, a um, booby trap. Or a positive outcome sets you back because then you become complacent. Or you question in faith, Lord, are we not there yet? Lord, am I still being faced with this trial? Lord, Lord, I understand. I understand. But the grounds for complaining and the grounds for disgruntlement on this straight and narrow road will lead you to a setback. I'm in a season of life right now where I must remember, not only am I to keep my hands stretched up vertically to the Lord for guidance, but I must be aware that the attacks are gonna be heightened because I know then I'm walking through a breakthrough season. So I'm having to be girded up. I'm having to be more aware. I'm having to be more cognizant of the booby traps, of the potholes that are slightly uncovered where I can fall through. I have to be aware of the snakes hanging from the trees up over my head. I have to be aware of the fish bone in my fish soup. You get my dig? I must be aware. And metaphorically speaking, these examples are real life circumstances. We must be aware. Let us not get so complacent in our walk. Just because we're on a smooth road, it doesn't mean that the entire trail will be so. So we must be aware. If there's no change in the topography, it doesn't mean that the elements won't change, which no one has control over. We've seen that across our nation. It is snowing in places that don't seasonally receive snow. It is raining and torrential rains in areas that do not typically receive torrential rains. It is warm in places where it is not warm yet, historically speaking. We don't control the elements. So we must stay aware. Listener, we are in a space right now where if God would allow us to see, the spiritual battle 
that we are surrounded by, it would be enough for us to literally be scared to death. Whoa, it's so heavy on me. The enemy is prowling. And we give no power. We must be aware. We must band together like a crowd of people that is surrounding an area and they link arms and they link arms. A human chain is almost physically impossible to break. Someone would have to literally drive a machine through human chains if enough human beings sit or stand back to back with their arms linked together, refusing to let anything penetrate through them. That's how we should be. That's how we should be. As believers in Christ, you be that aware, be that prepared to link up with the next fellow brother or sister in Christ because we are in war. And the war that is surrounding us in the spiritual will be made manifest in the physical. Be aware. We are never to put our, leave our war clothes at home. Like a soldier who is enlisted and they must get dressed for service regardless of if they've been deployed or not. That is what a believer's job is day by day by day. Awareness is key in this season. I talk about tests and trials. I talk about the straight and narrow human relationships. Guard your tongue. The word of God says that the tongue is a two-edged sword. Remember, if you knew what was best for you, if you knew what would make you happy, if you knew how to give the correct guidance for even your own self, you would be well off. You would be far better off today than you are. So if you're not, the first thing I caution you to do is to guard your tongue. Out of the heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Guard your mind. What are you watching? Guard your ears. What are you listening to? Guard your mouth. What are you eating? Food is an inebriation. What are you eating? What's intoxicating your body? What is it? What is it that has your nose Full up with a sweet smelling aroma. What is it? What is what is allowing you to become distracted by the scent of? Is it someone's cologne or perfume? Is it French fries? Is it the smell of fresh air? Is it the smell of fresh cut grass? What has you distracted? Who are you laying your hands on? And who are you allowing to lay their hands on you? Mm. I'm not going to touch on that one in this episode. But if you grew up around or was raised by old time Southern people, 
they'll tell you, don't you let everybody pray for you. And don't you let everybody put their hands on you. Be careful. We are in a realm in this world where there is a battle. We hear wars of wars and rumors of wars on the local news stations and all of the proliferations of evil that is happening all around the world and people have lost their lives as a casualty of wickedness and darkness from high places. But what I'm talking about are the principalities and the powers that are are making themselves manifest through human vessels. That's what I'm talking about. And a lot of the fight we don't see But what we see is made manifest in human behavior. Be careful. Believers in Christ, we know that with all the admonitions and the warnings, we're living a faithful life in Christ on this earth. earth. We strive to live a faithful life for Christ on this earth. And we know that we win. Hell or high water. Morning or darkness, sickness or sadness, good or bad, we win in the end. Believer in Christ, if you don't know the Lord Jesus for your Savior, I am asking you to pray. Some live a life fighting for social means. They ruru and rah-rah and go out and picket for social justice and picket against social injustice. Some people live a life where they fight for spiritual means by way of apologetics and they go out and they defend the gospel and they defend Christ in by way of the gospel and they spend their lives meditating on the word of God, being able to regurgitate the word as if it was a light conversation in a cafe because they've studied it, studied it enough to be able to contend the gospel against other worldly religions. Some people fight for family and the structures of family or fight against or for abortion. Some people fight for the, um, the perseverance or the, the perseverance of a healthy diet in a well-balanced society where all food groups are, re, are reflected and they spend a lot of their time fighting for the nutritional needs of our world. Everyone has a nick and a knack. Everyone has a preference. We are all naturally inclined to prefer what best fits our self-preservation naturally as humans, but collectively as believers in Christ, as we battle, there is a foundational truth and that's the word of God. And in that, there are, there are principles along with most importantly, the 10 commandments that should be foundational to us in this race that we call life. For those of us who are married, I shared in the last episode that God, uh, praise God, is doing a work in my marriage and doing a work with the spouse that he has blessed me with and doing a work 
in the way that I see the work that God is doing. By way of by way of the way that I see my spouse out of the lenses of compassion, out of the lenses with the heart for long suffering, out of the lenses for the desire to walk in Christ likeness, out of the lenses for most importantly for for there to be a victory of salvation and a true convergence. I'm looking through this season in my life through these lenses and the Holy Spirit is challenging me every day to keep fighting. Because I definitely have good days and bad days with the fight. There are days that I have more fight and days that I am negative in any type of gusto, ammo, diesel or gasoline to be able to fight. But by the grace of God, And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I am here. And on this side of the journey, my greatest testimony is to finish the race. I spoke back in a few episodes before about hitting the middle mark. People talk about milestones, hitting the middle mark of the race. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up. I want to see this thing for what it is. There are far too many testimonies in this world of marital reconciliation that has went well, but far too many testimonies of human efforts mixed in like a, a Petri dish along with God's sovereign grace, along with the works of the, of the Holy Spirit. I don't want that. I want to run a race that is run off of the pure fuel of training in the spirit. And if I'm spirit-led, it's less of me and more of him. If I'm spirit-led, I am running in the eye of the storm while the Holy Spirit is fighting the battles. Thank you, Lord. While the Holy Spirit is fighting the battles in the bands of the current of the wind and the rain and the storm on the outside. And it's my job to stay right there in the eye of the storm and keep on running. I'm not stopping. I'm not chilling. But I know that there's no power in me greater than what is in me. Greater than he that is in me, which is the Holy Spirit. Greater than he that represents me, which is the Lord God. Greater is he that died for me, which is Jesus Christ. It is not I. Less of me and more of him. It's the only way that we that we win. It's the only way we win. The excellence, majesty, power, might, and grace of the Lord God is the only way we win. And if the Spirit of God was given to you as a gift of salvation, open up that gift, marvel at that gift, Reside within that gift, listener, and allow the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead you. It's not going to always feel good. The Olympian's greatest testimony is the joy of finishing the race regardless of the pain. Mothers out there who have given birth, 
What was child labor like for you? And do you remember the pain or do you marvel at the byproduct of the baby that came from your womb? For a woman like me, I've had two natural born children by C-section. So though they didn't come out of my birth canal, but I carried them for nine months with all of the ebbs and flows of pregnancy. But when they came, when they when when the doctors made the incision and 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 uh, removed those babies from my stomach, from from my womb, from my stomach, within my uh, stomach, I mean. At that moment, I wasn't saying, oh, my stomach is cut open even though I don't feel it. I'm looking at a baby holding up saying, oh, she looks like so-and-so. Oh, look at so-and-so. Oh, she's so... You, you forget about all of that discomfort and pain and suffering that led up to it. Let's, let's run this race, y'all. And the greatest support that we can be to one another is to be honest. Is to be honest. I could imagine that some triathlons running a race, if they were able to speak, if someone made it seem, oh, this is so smooth, I don't have one ache in my leg, I don't have one cramp, I don't have one back cramp, my feet don't hurt, I'm, I, I'm sure it would... It would uh, cause a second guessing to some of the other triathlons and think, well, that person is able to run the race so smoothly. Why do I feel like this? And then a person starts to second guess themselves when the expectation is totally unrealistic. Everybody's suffering. So be honest about it. Be honest about where you are. Pride goes before the fall. I say this all the time. It's not the money, it's the love of it. The love of of money is the root to all kinds of evil. That is one of the most misinterpreted words. I believe that's one of the most misinterpreted scriptures in the Bible. When I hear someone and they say, yeah, because money is is the love of money is the root of all evil. Or money is not even a love of money is the root of all evil. That's not what the word of God says. It says for the love heart space love of money and an intangible i mean i'm sorry a tangible um non-living piece of paper made from a tree currency is the root the foundation the root to all kinds of evil money is not the root of all evil The love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. By all all kinds of evil, by all ways, by all means, by all desires, the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. Pride, the pride of life, the pride of faith, the pride of race, uh, the pride of marriage, the pride of parenting, the pride of this, the pride of pride of weight loss, the pride of, of, and the lust of, um, of, um, physical appearance, the aesthetic of, of a person, the pride of, of learnedness, the pride of a degree, 
The pride of scholarship, the pride of a new vehicle, the pride of new clothes, the pride of the pride. Pride. Pride has the rooting in all kinds of evil. And pride will go before your fall. So whoever you are that I'm talking to, you've run the race this far. Don't give up. And remember to be aware. Be aware of the supernatural and the natural. Because right now, in this season, we are at war. We are at war physically. Don't you listen to the news. We are at war physically. We are at war in the spiritual. We are at war. So the common denominator to all of this is fight. Fight in the physical. Prayer is your weapon. Fight in the supernatural. Prayer is your weapon. Spiritual prayer is your weapon. Fight in the physical. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you to do, to say, to hear, to touch, to smell, to see. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in all your faculties. Because we need to be girded. We are at war. Let's pray for one another. This thing called marriage, the godly union between man and woman is under attack. These children are prayer are pray being preyed upon, and they are casualties of a an agenda to literally obliterate the purity of the minds of our children. We are at war. As our currency declines, instead of hoarding up for oneself, let's worry about our community. We are at war. We are at war. Let us not forget. As believers, we win. So God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Until next time, live your life like it ends today. Love your neighbor like the Bible says. And pray your way into eternity. You never know, Jesus Christ might be coming today. Peace.